Welcome to Brothers King Talk, where we view eternity through the lens of art. My name is Samuel. And I'm JP. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, welcome back to 1954. <laughs> um, I, it's interesting because we're now getting into the... Now, we've only been doing this for about six episodes or something. But we're now getting into the air of like when um, a lot of people our age, you know, in their late 20s, 30s, their parents would have started being born. Um, yeah, within, within the next 10 year span. So it's interesting that we're going to start touching on um, parents music a little bit to a degree. Yeah, yeah. That'll well, be in-, in a couple, you know, in about 50 years or so, then we'll, uh, well, 40 years, I should say. In about 40 years, we'll hit the, the song that was most popular when I was born. And uh, it's it just gets weirder from there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we're just going to like start going into our own nostalgia. And that's just yes. going to be. A whole entire mess. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> All right, but you know, let's just let's go to 1954, where um, "Little Things Mean a Lot" by Kitty Callen. Yes. Um, originally, the lyrics were by Edith Lindman, and the mm-hmm. music was by Carl Stutz. And even though I'm not going to talk about them a whole lot, I found their um, relationship interesting. So Edith. Lindman was just a she was actually a music critic for a newspaper and a a film critic and so she reviewed like 6,000 films in a 10 year span (laughs) and um, she was just driving down down the road one day with her husband listening to radio and she's like you know what I could write better lyrics than this and her husband's like (laughs) go for it so she had a, a friend, Carl, who played music and was a broadcaster on the radio. He did like the radio DJ thing. Right. She's like, here, write me some music for my lyrics. And they just struck up a, a, a working relationship like that and started right. running at it. And this was one of their biggest songs. Interesting. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Um, so with that said, I find it interesting that this song kind of continues the jazz trend we saw last week. Right. Um, and even kind of the week before. Um, so I think we're, we're squarely in where jazz was becoming popular in pop culture. Um, even though it had been around for decades at this point, this was when it was really like being accepted and, you know, everyone was mostly okay with it. Right. And this is the song I imagine being sung in a jazz club during the 50s, like in that black and white movie when it turns on and that one, okay. you know. This is kind of what I imagine being sung. Um, okay, I can I can see that I can see that. Um, well, so before before we get into this a whole lot, um, I wanted to point out something a little bit interesting. Now we've been doing this for uh, you know uh, however many weeks. I think this uh, week nine. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. So in nine weeks, this is our first song so far on our list that was performed and accredited to a solo female singer without a male band leader or a male orchestra leader behind her and i think that's pretty cool yeah that that is really cool actually it's just Uh, you know it's just kind of one of those things it's like oh that's the first that's the first name it's like okay that's really cool so yeah yeah, i I mean this is just really neat that is that is really cool um 
I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the first, you know, female credited song, but it was probably, it's definitely one of the first that was recognized as exactly. one of the top songs of the year. So that's, exactly. that's really nice. Well, yeah. Well, so for this song, you know, I felt like the, the music and the lyrics blended really well together. Um, there was a spot near the end of the song that actually the strings and uh, behind the vocals get really high up and uh, Callan just follows those lyrics, follows those strings and gets up into that super high range as well. And I just, I really liked that. I, I loved the vocal melody throughout the entire song. It's, it's got kind of like that earworm style where it can get stuck in your head. Oh, well, there's really good. I bet you there's a reason for that. So, um, one of my little side hobbies is breaking down, um, what makes a pop song, a pop song, what makes it get stuck in your head. Right. If you listen to the guitar, particularly in this song, playing the rhythm in the background, it's pl- this is the first time I've noticed it. Now it may have come up pre- in one of the previous episodes, but this is the first time I've noticed it playing that pop chord progression. Um, I don't, can't say the exact progression name off the top of my head, but just listening to it, it sounds like a Elvis Presley ballad. Um, okay. playing on the acoustic guitar along with the rest of the orchestra. And uh, okay. it has that pop song quality that eventually becomes very prominent yes. and is made to get stuck in your head. So I, I found that yeah. really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, so it's kind of the first, uh, first, as far as we can tell, uh, first number one single to really get stuck in people's heads. <laughs> Or at least have that uh, earworm progression. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, what, how do you think of the? What do you think of the music behind the vocals? Um, I thought they were pretty good. If um, so, like I said, just uh, like the jazzy kind of sound. They it remind me a lot of the song we talked about last week to a degree, only without mm-hmm. the uh, kind of experimentalism. Sure. That drove that one. Like I said, it's it's a uh, it's that kind of uh, jazz instrumentation set to pop song rules, which is both okay. good and bad. Um, sure, take however you prefer it. So right, I have to, right. they were it was okay music. It didn't particularly grab me as particularly creative mm-hmm. or memorable. With that said, though. I agree with you in the way that Kitty, um, the way she belts the lyrics out, yeah, um, particularly uh, at the end when the strings hit up high, she, you know, she follows along and hits that high note, and uh, it almost sounds like a precursor to the modern day power ballad. Okay, okay, I can see and that's that. What it, that's what it remind me of a bit. Yeah, so, absolutely. Okay. So. so... I, I really I have to get into lyrics here. Um, and like you said, so the song was not actually written by uh, Kitty Callen. Uh, Edith L- uh, Linderman is the one who wrote the lyrics. And the way that some of these lyrics just hit my ear, they just it, it feels weird. I don't know if you felt like this at any point, but the actual words that are being sung sound odd. Um, so to me... They struck me as a, oh, that's really sweet, in a kind of, oh, gosh, kind of way. <laughs> like, it's but, so cheesy, it's just ridiculous? To a degree, yes. But at the same time, I think this was 
this was in the air before um, the pop market got, I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but saturated with like more complex lyricism. Sure. This was literally um, just write out the things I actually want to say in almost journal format. So they yeah. almost strike me as something a 16-year-old would write in her journal. Okay, and I can and I can see that. I see exactly where you're going with that. But like the lyrics like uh call me at six on the dot. Uh or a line a day when you're far away. It's like now I am all for calling my wife when I'm away or making sure that I tell my wife that she's pretty. Uh but if she's in another state and visiting family, or maybe I am. Sometimes doing those kind of things just aren't possible in the span of time. You see where I'm going with this? To a degree. Now, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, of a sucker for old romantics. So if I'm ever separated from my wife, I do call her every day, um, if at all possible. Like I will right. do my best to arrange my schedule in a way that I can make that happen. Okay. But we also don't spend a whole lot of time away from each other, so... Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, um, I don't know. It's just the way that it sounds like from, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that I'm hearing the song being sung, but it's like, it sounds like if these are, these are not more, these are not suggestions. They're more like, Hey, if you don't do these things, I don't know if it's going to work out. (laughs) Like, that's just, I, I don't know. That's just the way I hear it in my head. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. Um, it's uh, almost a little bit, a little bit demanding, almost. Yeah, and I mean, now don't get me wrong. Maybe I get things were different in 1954. I'm so used to having my cell phone on me at all times, where I can easily send a quick message to my wife and let her know that I love her, uh, which I do every day, regardless of you know how far away I am. Uh, and you know, calling every night when I'm away has just kind of fallen out of fashion, you know. I gotcha. And, and I mean, yeah. even with you, were, even when you just said it, it's just like, I'm a sucker for more old romantics. It's like, that's something that most people don't do because they don't need to do it anymore because texting has become so easily, easily to uh, replace that. I guess. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I guess I don't think about it as old, but it is, it's considered old to uh, have the uh, more, I don't want to say personal connection because I, I don't. I don't think everyone in the world that texts is doesn't have a personal connection, but just the more concrete. Uh, just in case my words fail me, I want to make sure my voice conveys it, kind of okay. thing. Okay. Um, but I, I definitely see what you're saying as far as the lyrics are a uh, a bit old sounding because some of the other lines um, in the song I forget exactly which ones off the top of my head struck me as something a bit dated that you wouldn't say nowadays. Sure. Um, so I, the lyrics I think are honestly the weakest point on this song. Yeah. Um, those, I only gave a one and a half. Okay. But the music and overall, I gave each a two. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where um, this song felt kind of average to me. Like mm-hmm. it could have been great, but it was held back. the The highlight was definitely uh, Kitty Callan singing it itself. I really enjoyed her voice, right. um, but the rest of it was just kind of okay. 
Okay. Um, it was just a step above average, so 5.5 out of 9 total for me. Okay, so um, for the lyrics and how it holds up, I gave them both a 1, just because the lyrics, they're very, like it's, like you said, they're dated, they're, it's an older style, it's just not quite what we're looking for, what, what I'm looking for when I hear a song, but... Uh, so I gave that a one, and then this is the type of song where if the lyrics had changed, it would be a different song, and it would be better. But so I have to say that this style of the song, it doesn't really hold up very well with our modern tendencies. Uh, so one there, but the music, the way that she sings, and the vocal melody, and the music in the background, it's just that is fantastic. I loved it. Had to give that a three on my end. So came out to uh, uh, just a straight five, five out of nine. Okay, interesting. Um, I, I, uh, I'll be curious to see how things pick up in the next few weeks because I feel like uh, these past few songs have been a bit almost blasé. Like, okay. they haven't stood out as particularly bad, but they haven't stood out as particularly good. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I remember how excited I was getting for 12th Street Rag just, uh, you know, however many weeks ago. And I was... I was hopping up and down like I was about to wag my finger and move downtown. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, I think what this is kind of reflects a little bit, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not, a, as much as I love history, I'm not a professional historian, but this strikes me as the period in pop music where songwriters started getting comfortable enough to um, not only fall into a system a little bit, but also start imitating each other. Um, Whereas prior to this, you know, a decade prior, pop music was still in its infancy. It was no, there were no rules. Sure. Now we started building rules. We started building systems and there's nothing wrong with a formula. Formulas work for a reason, right. but it's what you do within that formula that makes it good or bad. Um, and we've kind of fallen into where formula is starting to be followed but it's nothing too horribly interesting is being done with it, I feel like. Okay, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we'll see where this takes us next week, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be good stuff. You know what I should do? I'm going to, for the next few the next few weeks, I'm going to see if, see if I have fun with it. I'm going to see if I can find at least one fun fact for the rest of the thing. For every year that we do, I'm going to pull out one random fun fact. I think that would be fun. that would be interesting. Um, that yeah. would be very interesting indeed. Well, I guess we'll see where we're going with that. But uh, so join us next week when uh, we get even deeper into this wonderful world of music. <laughs> Have a good one. Yep, you too, man. Mm-hmm.